Welcome, everybody, to the Patty G Show. I'm your host, Patrick Grimion. I've got Jay to Cody here with, I don't even know what to label you with. Neither do I. <laughs> you with Talk 107.3. Things. You've got your own show. You've got your own barbecue sauce and cooking paraphernalia. Yes. Just all sorts of things. Tacos. Tacos? Okay. What about what, what part of tacos are you with? Uh, government taco is mine. That's yours? Yeah. Well, yeah. I did not know that. There you go. You learn things every day. Yeah. Okay, so... Let's start with a, a short little description of who Jay Cody is in your own words. Who would you define yourself as? Um, man, that's a good question. It's been a while since anybody's kind of phrased it to me like that. Um, culinary entrepreneur slash um, just kind of um, Baton Rouge personality now is, is really more the direction that I would go. Um, at times it's been, um, more on the culinary side, uh, you know, verging on uh chef or celebrity chef with, with different food network things and, um, learning how to cook, throwing LSU tailgate parties and things like that. But, uh, these days so much more of my focus is on the business side, not necessarily the culinary side of the JD's product line and, and government taco and things like that. Uh, and then also kind of the, the media personality side, whether that be on national TV appearances or just hosting the, the Jay Dakota show here in Baton Rouge. Okay. Okay. So what culinary was your first start, right? That's where you well, first got started or did you jump straight into media? And- so, Culinary is is how I got into the world that I'm in now, but I actually got into the culinary world through the media side. So it was really kind of a roundabout way of going about it. I I got professionally into food through blogging and radio before I started getting paid to cook or or create well, creating content was the blog and the radio. But I was doing that for more or less a living before I was actually cooking for a living. Okay. But I kind of, I, I turned a blog and a radio show and national TV appearances into a food and beverage brand and uh, private chef and catering service. And then kind of morph that back into um, a, a bigger brand. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's been a wild ride. <laughs> that, that it has. And that's why, I wanted you on because you've done so many different things over the course of the years, and it's just it's ever changing with you. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm learning that that's just my personality type. That um, that 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 ultimately that's how I thrive, and that's how I like it. It's not there. There's never been a goal to just accomplish one thing and then say, "Cool, I did it," right? And move on to the next thing. It's I I enjoy the process of figuring out what's next as much as I actually enjoy whatever that is. And, uh, and, and I enjoy the challenge of kind of not knowing exactly what the end goal is, but just trying to make fun stuff happen along the way, which can be tough for, uh, business purposes. It can be tough for truly trying to wrap my head or, uh, you know, a bookkeeper's heads around, (laughs) right. right, uh, you know, what are we really trying to do? Um, but it, it a lot of times it's something that I can very much 
have fun with along the way and yeah. and just be excited every day because I, I'm I'm always just kind of building whatever's next. Yeah, look, it's it's that constant, ever new, ever new challenge, ever new you know venture to go down. Why, like exactly what you said, from a business standpoint, you get something going so much, and then everybody's like, "Oh yeah, let's take it to the next level." All right, I'm bored. Let's go to the next thing. Right. You know, you're just constantly hopping, but then everything just kind of starts growing up together. That's I find that fun too. Just yeah. dabbling in so many different things that people are like, okay, this dude, this guy's all over the place. Yeah. Like, what, what are you? It's, and I'm I, me. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's, that's kind of true. I, it, it can be tricky at times because I do want people to at least have a good enough sense of who I am to, like, I have to have some sort of focus for that. If you're just completely all over the place, right? people aren't paying enough attention these days to keep track, right? Yeah. And I'd be kidding myself if I thought people are paying that much attention. Uh, so you kind of have to, you kind of have to just do something and do it well, and, and then people know you for that. Fortunately, I've been able to do that with a number of different things, and I, I think kind of build that empire to a degree uh in the in the food and beverage world uh but even now I'm trying to kind of expand that into more than just food and beverage but all lifestyle and culture and right um the Jay Cody show on Talk 1073 is much more than just food and beverage so oh yeah it, you do so much different so many different things I mean today you're talking about CGI right on the show right so what is the thing you're trying to – like is there, is there a common theme that you're trying to strive for within that ever-shifting embark? Um, so for a long time, it really has just been kind of anything in the food and beverage world. And then like I said, now it's kind of even shifting out of that. I, I think at the root of all of it, it has always been um, celebrating culture, celebrating um, – um, people through the lens of uh, whether it be food and beverage or arts and music and entertainment. Um, I, I got to, to back up a little bit. My undergraduate degree from LSU is in economics and political science. Okay. And then I got a master's in political science. And then I said, I want nothing to do with politics for the rest <laughs> of my life. I taught high school math and coached baseball for two years. I got a job working for the state of Louisiana doing policy research and grant writing. And I was bored out of my mind. And that's when I started writing about food and then everything kind of took off from there. I, I think what I really kind of realized is that I should have never been studying political science. I should have been studying some sort of anthropology or sociology or something along those lines that was really about people and culture and and more in the arts side than, right. the, than the governing bodies and politics side. Um, because that's that's what really interests me but uh but it still has just kind of you know it's just been take things as they come and and figure out what's next and and so to to say if if there's a weakness in my plan it has been a lack of focus you know like okay. I, there's there's focus in what i'm doing but also there's a there's it's a big broad brush stroke that is hard to define Right, I mean, because you've you've built this this image of yourself, or as you know, start out with the food blogging and then the food reviewing and everything, and then shifting that into it. It's you know, does that you feel like it almost restricts you into that, or you see that just as like a gateway to anything? Well, I I think that's that's an interesting 
question because it's really kind of what I'm going through right now. The the food and drink side of it has been, fortunately, has been a gateway to, hey, if I can talk about food and drink, I can I can open that up and I can talk about all things that are relevant to our culture. I can I can talk about uh, music and I can talk about arts and I can talk about entertainment. I can talk about lifestyle. Uh, I I can talk about all these other things that are relevant. If, if you're going to focus on food and drink, you can focus on the rest of it. Right. Um, but then again, people know me as the food guy. (laughs) And so sometimes I get pigeonholed into, you know, just like talk about that. Cause that, that is what I know the most about. I don't, I don't really know anything about music. I don't know anything about the arts saying I don't know anything about it maybe isn't fair, but you're not a, you're but not I'm a specialized. Yeah, in that, that that is not my expertise. That's me genuinely being curious and wanting to learn more. Right. Um, whereas if I tried to position myself as a, a an expert in the food and beverage world, I, you know, to a large degree, I am. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and maybe certain certain topics that are by all means people that know way more than I do. I mean, when you talk about wine, like I know way more than the average person about wine, but compared to somebody that really knows wine, I know very little. Right. And so it's just kind of a. But I think that's the case with with anything. Until you find, you know, a true expert in a field, it's really just do you know more than the person next to you, and then you look like an expert. Yes, that's it's very true. My my grandfather always said you may you may not have to be the smartest person in the room as long as you know that person. Yeah. Or if you are the smartest person, know what you're smartest in because yep. it's not everything. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think uh, one of the the political science terms that always stuck with me was Socratic ignorance, which was just the concept of being being smart enough to know what you don't know. The like it it's okay to not know something. Right. What you need to do is be smart enough to know that you don't know it, and then, and 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 then you know act accordingly. Right. Right. Don't don't be like, oh wait, I know all of this. Right. And then get up there and go do something. It's like, wait, no, I don't really know anything about this. Yeah. When you could have asked for help and it'd have been right. solved way before you even got out there. Yeah. So how long did it take starting the food blog to get? And well, you you said it was almost simultaneous when you started with the food writing and blogging to get on the radio, or was there some? Delay? Uh, there there was a there was a two year gap that uh or a year and a half that i was doing a food and drink blog so in fall of 2009 is when bite and booze started as bite and and uh bite and booze social media accounts and bite and booze was my food blog about everything that i was eating and drinking and that was september 09 and then it was april 2011 when the bite and booze radio show started okay and so since April 2011, the Bite and Booze radio show has been on Talk 107.3 on Saturdays and then Saturdays and Sundays um, ever since then. And so I've had a relationship with Guaranteed Broadcasting and with Talk 107.3 uh, for that entire period of time. I've been able to um, grow the, the Bite and Booze brand through the blog, the social media, the radio, podcasting um, through that time. And... Uh, and then just recently with some different things that have come about with guarantee, uh, had the opportunity to kind of take that two hour weekend food and drink radio show and turn that into a two hour a day, Monday through Friday, all things Jay Dakota radio show. 
Right, so it's it's not just the the food and, and yeah. bite, bite and booze anymore. Yeah, it's it's definitely still a good bit of food and beverage content, but it's not just the bite and booze show anymore. It's the Jay Cody show, and and we uh, we talk about all sorts of things in addition to that. Uh, we still do a lot of the food and drink stuff. Okay, but okay. I find that easy to talk about. It, I mean, it's, it's especially in your your area. I mean, within yeah. Mid City, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, it's so easy to talk about food and beverages with anybody. Yeah, and and I, and I've also found that. You know, at, at first I was kind of thinking uh, a, a two-hour daily drive-home radio show, there's no way we can fill that much time, 10 hours a week, with food and drink content. So we have to expand. We have to talk about all these other things. And, and there's already, with Guarantee and under their umbrella, it's, it, you know, it's a, a rock station, a country station, and then, a, and then ESPN radio, which right. – um, so they already have the sports station, so I don't need to talk a whole lot of sports, a little mm-hmm. bit where there's culture and where there's, where there's other, where there, I can talk about tailgating, yeah, right? Yes. Like talk about the tailgating the culture side. Of sports. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's kind of the direction, but whenever I haven't been talking about food and drink, people are asking me to talk about food and drink. And so I actually feel at this point in time that, um, we almost could fill two hours a day every day with nothing but food and drink talk. Just bring in different guests. You're always going to get different opinions. You're always going to get different ideas of, of where to go, what to eat. Um, you know, especially if you start mixing in some, some different recipes and things like that. Now that I've, I've never liked recipes on the radio. They're hard, too hard to remember. You got to be counting yeah, out and saying and, well, all this stuff. Right. I mean, it just ends a recipe on the radio and, John Fulce, who's uh, a legend and um, has done so much of the stuff that I'm doing now before me, he, he's, he had a radio show for a long time and I'd, I'd been a guest on his radio show and, and I'd listened to it because it, it aired on talk 107.3 before the bite and booze show for a while. And um, I, re- I remember listening to John Fulce's radio show and in his like slow Cajun monotone, <laughs> He would just read recipes, you know, it's just a, to make this alligator sauce pecan, <laughs> you're going to take two pounds, Louisiana alligator, frog leg, whatever, whatever, if it's alligator, then it's alligator, obviously, two pounds of alligator tail meat, you're going to season that, and he would just read a recipe. Oh, god! He would literally, on a radio show, just read a recipe, but he would do it in a John Fulce way that you still wanted to hear it, and it made it sound good, but also... I would sit there and listen to it and just be like, man, I don't think I ever want to read a recipe for my radio show. Right, right. Even the Bite and Boo show was never that. It it was it was just never it was never let me just read one of my recipes. <laughs> well, and it's now with Facebook Live, you kind of are opened up a little bit more to maybe cooking a recipe on a radio show and kind of going through the basics and now we can link it up to all the posts and everything. So when yeah. people get home, they can go to Facebook and find the recipe, but I'm right there with you. I don't, I don't know if I could listen to for two hours, somebody <laughs> no. reading just recipes yeah. in a row and then talking about the recipe and then going to the next one. Well, and somebody, I mean, it's been brought up. I mean, on the Jay Dakota show, I've got 10 hours a week to fill with talk radio that, doesn't have to all be food and beverage and has not been, but 
people have said, like, what if you do, like, a recipe of the week? And I'm just like, cool. What does that mean? Like, do you want me to just read a recipe on the radio? I don't. I, I don't. I don't think many anybody people that want wants to anybody that. that wants that recipe can just Google it. Yeah, I mean it's just wh- now in a in your blog <laughs> post know. you can write it out. Yeah, in a blog yeah. post, but on a talk radio, I'm right there with you. It's you can't just read a yeah. recipe for a week. Stir for three minutes on <laughs> medium high heat. Just turn on your cooking show at night. Yeah, and you can get the same thing right. Right, there. it's not. It's not like with drive home radio. Anybody's going to be trying to cook along with you. <laughs> While you're reading a recipe, I mean that's just not the way it it works. So I mean it's it's content, it, but to me that was more like that was filler. So what what I really want the Jay to Cody show to be now, right? And we kind of we we almost got to this earlier, and then I got sidetracked. Um, I I want it to be happy hour radio. I I, okay. I want it to be a fun, entertaining. We can talk food and drink. We can talk arts, music, entertainment, film, you name it. But I, I want the people that tune in to me 4 to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday to be entertained on their drive home. Yeah. And and I want it to I want it to be relevant to them. I want it to be relevant to uh, to who we are in Baton Rouge, to our culture, to our restaurants, to our chefs, to our craft breweries. Uh, but I but I more than anything just want it to be fun. Yeah, you want it to keep the people up while they're driving, not putting yeah. sleep. Yeah, you know, and it's even if you do talk about food and beverage, you talk about something like food and beverage, something to drink. You give them something to look forward to to get home to try. Yeah. If you don't go into the monotonous detail of a recipe. Yeah, I I feel like so much of so much of talk radio is news and politics. Right. And I really have wanted to steer clear of that. Yeah. Um. Th- there's not a lot of news and politics that. And it's kind of funny. Like I, I have a master's degree in political science. I don't want to talk about that. I am capable of it. Yeah. I, I get it. I understand it. I, I, I guess I kind of choose to escape it. Like I, I don't want to talk about politics. I don't want to talk about news. Yeah. The last thing that I want, and and maybe part of this is also, and it's it's an interesting question you know, kind of for you and for this show and we're doing a, a podcast on a Facebook live and like technology's at our fingertips. And right. when, when's the last time you, you were dependent on a news report over the radio to direct you how to get home because of traffic? Like not, not since I've been it, around technology, right? It, it, you've got Google maps or ways or whatever it is yeah. in your pocket. If you need to figure out how bad traffic is, you're looking at your phone. You're not waiting for the radio report to tell you how far traffic is backed up on I-10. Right. And so from 4 to 6 p.m. on a talk radio station, I don't give traffic reports. At all? At all. Now, I have never <laughs> once. Now, did you have control of that? Was that like you yeah. like in the contract you and said no, I, no traffic? I had to agree – that if it is absolutely unavoidable news that is important to the city, that I will cover it. Like if an 18-wheeler blows up on the Perkins if, overpass. If, the, if, if at 4 o'clock when I'm going on, there has been an explosion on the Mississippi River Bridge, 
and it's just breaking news that the city of Baton Rouge needs to know, then then I'll cover it to the best of my ability. Okay. If there is another, and hopefully there's not, but another Alton Sterling shooting, if there is I another, you. you know, just one of the uh, the flood of 2016. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to talk about it. I'm gonna have right. to be a public news source to get people information. Uh, hurricane time could be one of those examples where the radio is actually essential during that time because yeah. people people can get their news via radio if the power's out of their house or if the if internet's down if cell phone signals aren't working. Over the air radio can still communicate with people. So at those at those times. Then you sure. Can, then you can come in and sure. Then say, it's a, "Hey, people! Right. Breaking news!" Right. Then it's a public service. Until right. then, who who's listening to the radio to get their traffic reports? It's here's another one that I I thought was really funny. Like me listening to the radio. How many times the people on the radio tell you what time it is? Because it's it's live radio, right? Right. Right. Well, so, most of it is, I, yeah. Sure. Generally speaking, if you're talking about live radio, I realized even if I'm doing live radio, why on earth do I need to tell people what time it is? They have a clock in their car. They have a clock on their phone. They have a clock on their wrist. They they know what time it is. I don't need to say, hey, Jay Dakota show, it's 428 p.m. (laughs) It's a waste. It's a waste of my time. It's it's a waste. It's a, a waste, waste of, of my breath. Time. Yeah, Your breath, and that's, it like, goes let, back to the technology thing. Yeah, let me let me just get, <laughs> just get right into it. I don't need to tell people what time it is. That's a, that's that's just bizarre. Right. But that's it's so different than the the old school radio mentality. Oh yeah. Of that's one. That's how you fill the clock. That's how you fill that much time. And two people at some point were a little bit more dependent and at some point it's only a decade ago yeah. less than a decade ago people needed the radio to give them a traffic report right well they didn't they, have they didn't have the same amount of you know hey siri where's what's right. the weather look like or you know right. talking to alexa and say hey can you tell me what's going to happen this afternoon with the weather you know I, th- I feel like what you're you know what what we're saying in regards to the um telling the time on the radio it's like oh hey guys it's raining outside right yeah you're already outside and it's right. raining just want to where, let you know and reiterate right. it it's raining where are my listeners like it drive drive home four to six p.m actual over the broadcast airwaves radio 80 percent of my listeners are in their car yeah right i mean that I'm making that number up. I, I don't truly know. A, a majority of we, your listeners, we, I would imagine, we, we get a good bit on Facebook Live. We get there's got to be some that are streaming over an app or a website. It's out there, right? But like eighty percent are in their car. They they don't need me to tell them what the traffic's like or what the weather's like or what time it is because right. they have all of that at their fingertips. <laughs> And, and so let me just entertain them. Yeah, and that's I, I I love that fact. If I'm driving home from work, I'm I'm in I'm in the road and I can see what's happening in front of me. Like you said, I've looked at my car and I can see what time it is. But I want to know what's happening this weekend, what's yeah. happening tomorrow. You know, entertain me. Tell me what's going on in my you know local area. Uh, that's definitely that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to bring in guests 
I'm trying to create segments. I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to be informative, a little educational and, and mostly entertaining. Um, I, you know, to, to whatever degree I can, I, I want to engage in conversation that people are genuinely interested in. Um, we have, and, and I mean, I, there's a lot of it that I would still love a lot of feedback on because it's, you know, it, radio is a, is a one way communication. Um, Right. When when we're able to get into a Facebook Live where people can leave some comments and things like that, we get a little bit of that two way communication. Every now and then we can do uh, you know some callers or or we do a giveaway where we're just asking people to call in and the phone lines light up and that makes me feel good because I know people are out there listening. But it's um, but but I I do love getting feedback from people on what they're enjoying about the show or, or maybe w- what they're not. I mean, we, we've spent 45 minutes talking about French fries and it, ha- it hasn't been hard yeah. for us to spend 45 minutes talking about French fries. So I kind of genuinely want to know, do people enjoy that? <laughs> do they listen to all? My question or, is, when do they tune out? Right. At what point do they stop listening about the French fries and switch the station? Right. Or but just it, turn it off or mute it? But is somebody else tuning in who's catching just a glimpse of it because that's one thing with live radio. That's, that's totally different than the modern day podcast and everything is that a a podcast, you can genuinely or generally assume that people are listening at the beginning. And maybe if they don't make it through the end, they at least listen to the beginning live radio is like, well, if they're not in their car at four fifteen, they're not listening at four fifteen. Maybe right. maybe that person got in their car at four twenty eight. Yeah. You know, and, and then the next person gets in their car at, at four thirty six. Not you that just, I need to tell them what time it is, but, but if you're just tuning in, it's four thirty six in the afternoon. Yeah. On this sunny day with traffic and medium medium uh yes. medium depth. You know? Medium congestion. Medium congestion on There's the interstates. The We're talking about French fries. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's I, I don't know when people tune in and when they don't I, and what topics they might be the most interested in. At some point, I'll be able to do some sort of listener surveys and, and things like that that, uh, you know, just try to really gauge what people might be the most interested in. But even those listener surveys right now, it's actually going to be like the survey of our Facebook audience, not of the actual listeners. Why we is can, that? Well, we can use the radio to ask people to fill out a survey, mm-hmm. but they're still going to have to go online somewhere and fill it out. Correct. And most likely, we're going to get more people to do that through a post on Facebook or something than we will through – they can't click on the radio show. <laughs> you know, right. with, with Facebook, we can put a link. Yeah, <laughs> with with radio, link. you can't. Yeah, you can put a link it's on, on the website to go to. Swipe up at right. You can. It's social media makes it easy to get capture that data. It's a different ballgame. Yeah, and what what I want to know on the on the data side of things because I'm not I, I see the podcast world and I see the social media world, so I'm fairly familiar with how the data is collected and analyzed on that end. But on the radio end, is there any you know requirements before that person's considered a listener, or is it as soon as they get on your on your station? Well, there's there's really no way to even measure that. Okay. Um, so what what do they measure? So historically, and in larger markets, it'll be a bunch of survey data, and okay. it'll be like the like the Nielsen ratings for TV back in the day, where they would get, 
you know, a, a thousand households in a market to actually fill out like a f- paper form and mail it in based on what their TVs were on. Um, radio's pretty much the same way. Broadcast radio, there is no way to actually measure how many receivers are tuning into that signal. Okay. Um, I, I didn't and know there that. never has been. Uh, there, there can be surveys and there can be people that try to get data on that. Right. But, but even then they're never able to actually measure how many radios are on talk one Oh seven, three at 5 PM. Okay. You know, I mean, that's, unless people are reporting that somehow. Right. Well, so Baton Rouge is not a big enough market to actually get accurate reports. <laughs> so the truth of the matter is we don't have a clue. Well, cuz I've always wondered that because you have you have advertisers that are paying, you know, some like for example for specific podcasting advertisers, some people do a PPM or yep. no, a, a CPM, a clicks per clicks, clicks per millennium. So every 1000 listens or 1000 views you have, they pay you a certain dollar fee. Sure. But for a different type of advertising, they just pay you a monthly fee. You know, what types of numbers from an advertising standpoint do they look at from radio? Is it just those reviews? Is it just those surveys they're putting out there? Or do you say, hey, we've got so many. We know our reach is this. And does that kind of float on the side of social media? Yeah. Um, so a, a couple things there. One, um Radio in a market like Baton Rouge kind of goes off of um, historical perception of the radio um, and the brand that the radio station and the personalities have. Okay. Um, And so it's less based on empirical data. It's less based on... Well, I can prove to you that I had 15,000 people listening. So mm-hmm. whatever that CPM is times 15, because I had 15,000, like, I got you. Okay. It, it, there's not, there aren't those metrics. So it's just right. kind of, you, you, you put a number on it and you, and you hope, um, or, or you just, you, you're basically trying to find ways to, um, to create a brand and an identity with a radio station and with on-air personalities that people want to get behind and then the price is whatever price you feel like is worth it or to get you to sell out of the inventory of the space that you have. Okay. Um, so it's, it, it, it's an old school, different way of doing it. And it's part of it. Part of that I love. And part of that I'm way more in the, the data driven social media world of no, I, I can, I can see via a Facebook live or yeah. a podcast, how many listens, how many clicks, how many, whatever that's getting. So show me the, show me the numbers. Yeah. Or, or I'm not really into it. Yeah. Well, um, it's like your Jada Cody page has what? 12, 14,000 likes yeah. on or something like that. Yeah. So you know that your reach is going to be somewhere in that spectrum. Whereas radio is like, we got uh-huh. listen, we got listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We think. But that broadcast medium is so powerful. I mean, there's, there. Fortunately, I can tell just through calling stuff and and just word around town that like people love it. Yeah, it's out there. Yeah. People are listening. It's free. You're you're in your car. You're on an app. You're on a website. You're you're on Facebook Live. I mean, we we make it accessible. 
right. for people to tune in. There's something about there is still something about live yes. that I think works, especially yes. in the radio and, and audio formats. Um, there's something really cool about podcasts, and I, I I'm a big podcast guy, and and I enjoy the the medium of podcasts. But I have found that I in I enjoy the performance side of it more live. Okay, so I en- what do you mean more? What do you, let's go into that. What do you mean by that? The performance so side. I love doing live radio. I okay. don't like doing produced podcasts that are that are done differently than live radio. Right. If I if I'm recording something as if it's live, but it's that's fine. Yeah. You know, this people will be able to find the podcast version of. Right. It's fine. We're recording it as if it's live and right. on Facebook, I guess. Yeah, we are. and we're on Facebook so, live. Right. So th- that's fine. But a a truly like rehearsed, scripted, narrated podcast like a serial podcast yeah that does i i'll enjoy listening to those but i i don't want to be responsible for putting one of those together and and, and that that's the same way i am with my show you know people ask me oh well if i say something bad can i edit it out and now that i do facebook live i'm like no not really you know beforehand i could but now like with the show what i'll do is i'll take it and i'll i'll make the levels sound as best as i can with my knowledge and whatever i know within the program and then i'll put my outro music my intro music and send it out done and that's and that's it because i don't want it to be so crystal and so polished a it takes me way too long to go back and edit yeah. out all the uh um uh to too much ed- it's too much work on that end and I feel like with the show that I'm going after, I want people to feel like they're sitting here in the room having the conversation. Yeah. You know, it's not so much of, okay, uh, we're going to move down to section three when we come back and we're going to go straight into that and here's your script. You know, it's, hey, let's come on, let's have a conversation, let's drink a bottle of, you know, bourbon barreled aged wine. Oops. And have some fun. Yeah. I agree. I think I, that, that's way more, way more my speed for sure. Uh, and, and not to say that there's not something to be said about different styles of that and different ways to go about producing that content. That's just not what I want to do. I've I've always found that in anything performance based in that world, whether it be radio or TV, Food Network or a, a cooking demo on a stage, like my adrenaline and my um. I don't know. My my instincts are to do it live. Yeah. I don't like rehearsals. I, I don't. Right I you. actually don't think I would be a good actor because I don't like rehearsing things. Yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a better personality because I can just do it live. Yeah. And I don't I don't want to be scripted. I don't want to rehearse. I don't want. And it's maybe maybe that's the right answer that I don't want to. Maybe it's that I'm. I don't feel like that's my strength. I don't feel like I'm as good at it. Yeah, and that's understanding I get, yourself. I get worse with more takes. Yes. Because I get in my head at that point. I I'd rather do it live. Uh and and so live radio has been a really cool medium for me. Yeah. Because I've I've been able to uh you know just kind of take that and run with it and just man, I I mean most of the time at four o'clock when the Jay Cody show is about to go on the air, I have no idea what I'm about to say. <laughs> I have no clue. I love that. The the first so we, we start every day with a with a eight minute block. It's four to four oh eight 
and then we break for CBS News and commercial. And that first eight minutes is never scripted because it the intention is, and I say scripted, like it's never even, pl- we don't have a guest. We don't have a talking point. We don't have an article that we're bringing up. It's just it, eight raw minutes. It is minutes. eight minutes of this is what's happening today. This is what's going on in my life. This is catching you up on my world since the last time we spoke, which was 6 p.m. yesterday. <laughs> and and here's a preview of what's coming. I, I love that. And that's it. I, I love that. I've I've been uh, – I can't really say I've, I've been in the acting world or the scripted world, but in high school and in college, I was on the speech and debate teams. Sure. Okay? And so in high school, I did a duo interpretation, which we had to memorize a script, which is generally from a book, and then go and perform that script yep. memorized. Yep. And then I also did debate. Debate, we did research, and we formulated some pieces of evidence because I did team policy. And then as soon as we get up on stage, we have no idea what's about to happen. Right. We, we are prepared with sources and with documentation and clips, but we have an hour and a half that we talk and debate sometimes in front of on a stage when you know you get higher on in the tournament. That's like in front of three, four hundred people that you're sitting and you're just projecting live. And I loved that fact. But I also enjoyed the, you know, the scripted side, but I only did one of those speeches. So it was like it wasn't doing it so much. Yeah. But I can see where it's, you know, the scripted, you're so limited and you don't have the freedom yeah. to go out and do what you want because you have to follow the script, especially in the league we were in. We had to follow the book's language word for word, except for a 15 second clip that we could describe what the speech was going to be about. Huh. And we did we did Walt Disney Cinderella, my sister and I. It's it's on YouTube and I think it's resurfaced. Look that up. Don't please don't. Um, okay, so radio, live, we love that. So uh, along those lines, my the hardest speech that I've ever done. Okay. And I think it I think it turned out fine, but uh, a few years ago I did a TEDx LSU speech. Oh. And that's awesome. it was a huge honor. It went great. I let off the whole show. It was cool. It was a 11 minute talk okay it was entirely scripted and rehearsed and memorized and i was so uncomfortable really and i mean i i fought through it i did fine i'm not it it wasn't i wasn't playing about it it wasn't horrible (laughs) or anything but it was just man like i would have been so much better just doing that live you know, and I mean, it, and it was live in front of a thousand people at the LSU Union Theater, but it, but you it had your eleven minutes, but it memorized. was so scripted and memorized, and just like my head the whole time was not in the moment; it was thinking about the next thing. Right. It was, it was always that line ahead because you're going off a script, mm-hmm. and for an eleven minute talk, that was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't uh, delivering a couple lines, sure, but uh, delivering an eleven-minute passionate speech was 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 tough for that level, and and I felt like I was honestly, you couldn't go up there with a script, you couldn't, it, it had to be memorized. Now, did they have like a teleprompter no. or nothing? You had it in your head. That's it in your head, but they wanted it so scripted and memorized and rehearsed that you just had to, you just had to be ready to do it. Jeez, and. And I, I, I mean, what they told me the night before was just like, now forget everything that you know, like just and it's just a technique to like 
try to get you to be comfortable and go out there. And I mean, ultimately, once you're on that stage, if you start ad libbing a little bit, you ad lib a little bit. No, no one else would know the difference. Nobody knows what you're. Nobody right. read your speech before. So right. So ultimately, it's be comfortable with going yeah. and deliver the speech you're going to give. But to me, it was way too much emphasis on the memorization and, and all that. And and a year later, I gave uh, I gave a commencement speech at LSU, which was probably the biggest honor I've had in my career. I was actually standing on the graduation stage at the PMAC giving a commencement speech and I had notes, but I didn't have to memorize it. That That's incredible. And that's... I just, I just had some lines for talking points. Yeah. And I mean, I basically just got up there and told my story in a condensed version and it was great. Right. I mean, that, that was one of my favorite talks I've ever done because it wasn't scripted and rehearsed. Right. It was just, it was, it was just, it was, it was planned, but but then it was not overplanned. Yeah, you you had a you had an outline, and from that outline, you got to embellish or retract and sp- speak yeah. in a way that flowed that was true to you. Yeah, you know, and like I had Latko on a couple weeks ago, and we talked about you know the impromptu and the essence of impromptu, and we did it in the realm of comedy, but it was you know that in that moment that speech when you say it it's done it's gone it's and it's never going to be repeated yeah. because it's so true and it also sharpens your skills to think quick on your feet and it just makes you really understand who you are as a person because then you can just go off of that yep. and that's you solely rely on you as yourself and everything you know that you don't need to plan you don't need to have it scripted and you just feel comfortable getting up in front of a camera or a microphone and saying hey we're going to talk about i have no idea what for the next hour and a half yeah. Stay tuned. Makes it easy. Yeah, it, it makes it easy, and the, the pressure is alleviated because you're not having to fill these scripted lines and these scripted segments and hit these talking points. Yeah. And that I, I love that, that fact. Yeah, same. Okay. Same. So let's go into uh, your tacos. Yeah, so Government Taco right around the corner from uh, where we are now. Right now, inside White Star Market, we opened, uh, we opened Government Taco inside White Star Market right when – White Star opened in May of 2018. It had actually been planned since late 2015. So okay, so three three years. Am I doing my math right? Yeah, a little over two is what it really was. Okay. Um, the idea of White Star was brought to me in November of 15. It was probably early 16 when we really decided that we would do a taco shop in White Star, and then. It took a full two years plus of construction to actually make it happen. Um, a lot of that had to do with the flood of 2016, and mm. um, there were a lot of delays there that no reason really get into that. But um, but when White Star opened, Government Taco opened inside of White Star. That was that was all coming at first. It was right on the heels of my run on Food Network Star, um, and and you know just some national attention and. Um, me trying to really figure out what was next for me in the food world. And uh, I never thought that I wanted to do a restaurant. It was never my game plan to be uh, an executive chef or a chef at a restaurant. Um, I had done a lot in the food world. There was a lot about the food world that I really loved and wanted to be a part of and still do. But None of that equated to I want to be a day-to-day in a restaurant chef. 
I, I want to be in the radio studio day to day. I want to be on camera day to day. I don't, I don't want to be, you know, cooking tacos. Um, and so I, the, the, or, or, or gumbo or whatever the case might be. But, um, I felt like white star market was the right answer at the right time in Baton Rouge. I really liked the idea of the food hall as a concept. And I liked the idea for me to put my name on a shop at a food hall rather than my own full service restaurant. Right. And so the opportunity came up with white star and I basically got the, the first offer to do whatever I wanted to do inside of it. And so me and my team got together and decided we would do a, a gourmet taco shop and do whatever flavors we wanted to do and whatever we could possibly think of and put it in the form of a taco. And it would really kind of, it would limit us in that we're a taco shop. It would be unlimited in that we could turn anything we wanted into a taco. <laughs> there, once again, back to that impromptu off the cuff style, yeah. you could do whatever you wanted. You weren't restricted. Yeah. Right. In that. It's like, here, here's, here's the field we're going to play in, but now we can right. do anything we want in that field. And so, um, you know, kind of more of a modern American taco. We've never uh, claimed to be or tried to be or strived to be traditional. We're not Mexican or Tex-Mex or Cali-Mex or uh, Salvadoran or Honduran or anything else. We are um, doing our own thing, our own flavors. We're just using uh, the uh, the concept of a taco as the vehicle to present cool flavor combinations. And that's really what what we're trying to do with government taco uh so it has been open for almost two years now in white star market and we are on the verge of uh moving from white star to our own spot really Um, where so it'll be on government right next to florida lee pizza uh okay an old salvation army store uh front on government cypress coast brewing is moving into the back we're going to be moving into the front right along government so you'll have a lineup that is uh superior grill mid-city then a scuba shop then anthony's italian deli then a car wash then government taco and cypress coast brewing and then florida lee so I mean, right there at government in Jefferson, basically. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're too. I can walk. Perfect. Correct. <laughs> I love Correct. it. I can walk from here. Yeah, it'll be closer to here than White Star Market is. Barely. Yes. But, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's right there. Yeah. Um, and and so that'll be uh, that'll that'll be the next big step in the in the food and beverage world. Um, government Taco, brick and mortar, will have an expanded menu compared to what we have at White Star. It'll have a full bar. It'll have um, serving the the freshly brewed beverages. Um, well, it, so laws and stuff. We won't have any. We won't be able to have any beers from Cypress Coast Brewing on tap. Why is that? Because Cypress Coast is. This is getting a little deep. Uh, <laughs> Cypress Coast is going to have what is called in the state of Louisiana a microbrewery permit, not a commercial brewing permit. Uh, the, okay. the microbrewery license technically is they are going to be licensed as a bar with an exemption that allows them to brew their own beer. However, with that license, they are not allowed to distribute that beer. They are only allowed to sell it on premises. So Cypress Coast Brewing will be able to sell their beer, but Government Taco 
that shares a building will not be able to sell their beer because we would have to get it through a distributor, but they're not allowed to go through a distributor to get it to us. So, in essence, you're going to have a door towards the back of the restaurant after you order your tacos. You can walk through to the brewery and order something from the brewery. Yeah. You go to the brewery, order something, and then come back. And get your tacos. And get your tacos. Roughly speaking. Roughly. Okay. I, I love that. And what is – so for for the, the transition from White Star Market, you're going from having a landlord that owns the building, owns the space. That's a shared space. I mean I've been to White Star Market, unfortunately, only once. Oh, man. But I, loved it, but I loved it when I went. All right. Good. So good. I, I, I love the place and I love what's going on and I love that it's it's almost like it's a community of food. Yeah. It's like, hey, guys, come over here. And have some great local local food from some local shops. Yeah. So what is it going to be like transitioning from not having to worry about necessarily the building and the structure and everything sure. to now having to worry about all that because you're in your own brick and mortar. You're in your own space. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I'm excited about a lot of that. Right. Um, there's, there's a lot about White Star that I'm super grateful for, and I think it was a – Awesome way to get launched and an awesome way to get started. But as we're continually looking at growth, there's so many limitations as well. Um, There's limitations in the kitchen. There's limitations in the amount of space we have. There's limitations in what we can and can't sell, like margaritas or beer. Um, So White Star Star sells it, but Government Taco Uh, can't. Okay, I see now. Um, and, And so there's there's... There, there are things that we're just that, that I'm very excited to take on. Um, there are certainly some things that, yeah, it was it, it has been nice being under the food hall umbrella, and they just take care of a lot of that stuff. Yep. Um, so there, there are things that will change because of that. Uh, mm-hmm. There are some shared services that won't be shared anymore that we're going to have to take on ourselves. Um, but also, we're going to get complete control over. Our ambiance, our atmosphere, our 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 music, our TV screens, our 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 bar program, our food menu, our catering, our you know everything else, and so it's uh, it, it's a give and take. I I am again, I'm super grateful for the time at White Star. We will be in White Star, and as of right now, I think at least through the end of June. Okay. Um, Oh, so this that's that's fast. It, it's it's coming up soon. That, that, that's soon. I, but it's also mind, but it's also still several months away. So. Right. Well, in my mind, the world doesn't the world doesn't really start or open until April fifteenth. So after April fifteenth, the whole world opens uh-huh. and everything becomes yeah. open so, again. <laughs> through April fifteenth, we'll definitely be at White Star. Okay. You don't have to worry about that. So, uh, so and then after words, April fifteenth, we'll still be at White Star for a little while. Okay. Nice. Well, we just did a whole bottle. We did. We're doing pretty good here. Uh, I think we are. Um, yeah, but it's. White Star's White Star's been a fun journey. I again, no regrets at all, and I think I think White Star has a lot to offer to this community, and I think um, somebody else is going to be able to go in there and, and crush it. If we we just really wanted to keep Government Taco right now on Government Street and in Mid City, keep the name and true to the location. If I had. If, if things would have just worked out differently and a location would have been available that I wanted, that I just couldn't pass up, that just made the most sense by LSU's campus or something like that, we might have kept 
White Star running. Because we really? would we would have been far enough away to where we could have just had two locations going at the okay, same time. I see. But I see. since we're moving four blocks down the street, <laughs> it doesn't I make guess any maybe sense. it's technically ten. But yeah, it just doesn't make sense to keep White Star open and do our own thing that close. We we need to we need to just get out of White Star and do our own things. But right. um, well, and I feel like White Star is almost like a starting point. For most restaurants, it's hey, you 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 can't afford your own brick and mortar, yeah. Or or if you can, you don't want to, yeah. Because you want to make sure you want to do a proof of concept for your own business, for your own restaurant. And say hey, this works, people love it. Let's go to the next level. Yeah. And White Star is that hub that's like hey, you can come try out try it out here. We've got everything set up for you. You just pay rent, yeah. or I don't know the arrangements, but sure, something along those lines. That's not that's not far off, right? right? And so I think. I think White Star will continue to find success in being that incubator mm-hmm. uh, and and being a place where somebody who has an idea but not necessarily the capital behind the idea can get started mm-hmm. and then you know in a in a process of a year to two they're either going to find out that they don't have enough of a brand and they don't have enough swagger behind it. And gosh, it's a good thing. They didn't just go drop (laughs) half a mil to a mil on their own spot. Right. Or they're going to say, man, we're really successful at white star, but if we did our own thing, we'd be that much more successful. Now let's go raise the investors and, and go, go do something on our own. And so I, I think it's a position where white stars, right where right where they should be i think we're about to see some transition in white star i I think white star has been in transition since it opened there's been vendors that have come and gone there's been vendors that have failed there's been vendors that have succeeded there's been vendors that just needed to move out um i I think government taco by the time we move out will have been there for over two years um i think we will have put a track record down that shows you can be successful at white star and then we're going to take our chances on doing our own thing. Right. And I I love that scene. I love seeing locally started businesses in Baton Rouge flourishing and moving on rather than saying, uh, we, we couldn't make it. You know, that's, that's, that's the stories that people love to hear in the after, in the afternoons or whenever they listen to whatever they want to listen is saying, Hey, you can come here to Baton Rouge. You can come to mid city. You can start something, prove your concept and then take it and go your own way. Yeah, you know, you can come here and we and we'll, we'll we'll welcome you with open arms and we'll say, hey, we'll give you a shot, because you know, in Baton Rouge and Louisiana specifically, we love our food. Sure. We love what we eat. It's a big part of the culture. It's a good place to eat and drink for a living. <laughs> Why'd you start a blog? Oh, yeah. huh. that's a great idea. And it's we, we're always open to. Oh, have you tried this new place? Have you tried this new place? Anytime yeah. you talk about food, it's always have you tried the new place? Yep. Everybody, of course, we adore our local favorites. And we keep going back to them, but we're always open to trying somewhere new and just seeing how they are. You know, yeah. we just had Soji open right there on Government yeah. Street, also close to here. And it's just, it's blown up, you know. You've got people doing all sorts of things to help them and keep them growing. And we have this very welcoming community as far as food goes. And White Star Market is just such proof of that, that it's come on in, get your own space, try it out. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. So, what is. What's next for Jay to Cody? Well, the so every day I'm kind of faced with this like what I truly need to do is focus. 
Focus um, on what though? Yeah. So on on the new government taco on the Jada Cody show and the and the radio obligation that I have now. And then the JD's product line, which is the the barbecue sauce and molasses mustard and wine and coffee and barbecue rub, um, and and then and then oh, hopefully wait, you have wine. I do, I do have wine. Yeah, true story. We should have been drinking that. Maybe so. I don't know. All right, I'm not. I'm not that picky. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do. I have a wine with Landry Vineyards that's in West Monroe, Louisiana. A grape called Blanc de Bois Blanc that de uh, Bois. that I do with those guys. It's it's good stuff. Uh, Where can we get it's it? It's a white. Uh, okay. At most of your local stores, so Calandros, Alexander's, Matherns, Bedar, Calvin's, uh, Oak Point, Rouse's. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm true to Rouse's. If you're a true Rouse's guy, yeah, Rouse's, Drusilla has it. Rouse's, um, the the one at, at Burbank and Lee has it. Um, Blue Bonnet has it. Blue Bonnet and Perkins. Uh, Antioch has it. So just about anywhere in pretty the much local, all lo- the, local restaurants, yeah, local I mean, groceries we can get it at. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. It, it's not at Winn-Dixie or Albertsons or, or Walmart. It is at Rouse's and then the vast majority of your other local grocery store, Ralph's and Reeves and High Neighbor and those. Perfect. Okay, so back back, back to the question. Yeah. So where, my, we, where are you heading? My, my focus needs to be on the, the JD's product line. Government, excuse me, government taco, brick and mortar, and um, and and the Jada Cody show, uh, but there's always tricks up my sleeves or dabbling and <laughs> what's going to happen next. I mean, I, uh, like we were kind of saying earlier, maybe one of my faults that I'm learning is my inability to focus sometimes and just wanting to kind of always be looking at what's next. Um, there's not a there's not a I mean, the, those are the big picture. What's next? There's nothing else that's like floating out there that um, is kind of some other version of that. Uh, but there, there's always more um, brand ambassador and TV and multimedia kind of what's next things, but it's always hard to define until it actually comes around. Right. And, um, yeah, and, and and I think just having fun with it. I mean, I think that's the, that's been the biggest part of this whole journey for me has been um, truly just trying to eat and drink for a living and and enjoy the ride that's, and that's, not take it too seriously. That and that is so true, regardless of what industry or what business or what what you're doing in life. It's you need to enjoy what you're doing every day. Otherwise, you're going to get tired of it and you're going to find a reason to leave it. To You're always going to be constantly chasing what you enjoy until you get to where you're doing something you enjoy. And yeah. then you just see it just flourish and bloom and just grow like crazy. Yep. I mean, last week when I was with Eric Searcy of L.A. Broilers, he was talking about how he does crawfish because he enjoys it. And yep. he loves doing that. And as long as it stays fun and as long as he stays enjoying it, he's going to keep on doing it. Yeah, and it's being able to find that I like I'm so jealous of you and the fact that you've got all these different things and you you enjoy all these different things and you're able yeah. to touch all these different things. I think it's amazing that you're able to keep that going. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that, and I, I think I mean a lot of it. A lot of it is ebbed and flowed. It changes mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, I used to write a lot more. 
I think I have found more of that radio and and verbal communication to be more up my alley. It's mm-hmm. a little bit quicker. Um, I would like to take a lot more of what I do and and just I mean get the computer to transcribe it and actually like transcribe do it as right do it as written word as well. I just need to actually sit down and do it um, or, or have it transcribed or whatever the case might be. Um, there, there's a lot more options with a lot of what I'm doing, uh, that, that can be done with that. I, I used to cook a lot more. I really don't cook much these days, Really, but I, and it's, I enjoy food. I enjoy being around food. I enjoy feeding people and cooking for people, but I, I have kind of found that, I don't know. It's not necessarily what drives me every day. Like I don't wake up just being like, I just want to spend a day in the kitchen. Yeah, I get that. You know, like and people that do great. Oh, absolutely. We we love we love we love you. We love you. And I need I need them in my life. And I I employ people that are like that. And that's that that's that's been important. That's that it's what's been important is me learning one, what my strengths are, and then two, learning learning where my weaknesses, or even if it's not a weakness, a, you know, what, where, where are the, I can't do it all. Yeah, so yes. where are the places that I can bring in somebody to help me? And I've honestly found like, I don't, I don't cook at government taco ever. I am not the chef at government taco. I had something to do with coming up with a lot of the recipes that went on our original menu. I had something to do with the product line that gets used on uh, some of the the flavors that are available there, but I've actually been even better at delegating that to people that are in it every day and that are passionate about it. And I've got a right. great team that represents me really well. That's out there building on the foundation that I put down and I don't need to babysit them and I don't need to hold their hand and I, I need to let them flourish because they're better at that than I am. Yeah. And that, and that I need to be in the radio studio two hours a day from four to 6 PM. I don't need to be flipping tortillas at that time. And, and so it's kind of a, there's, there's a lot over you know the last decade that has just kind of been figuring out, what are the strengths and weaknesses? What are my desires and and what are my things that I really don't get that much satisfaction doing? And just trying to figure out what what's the best use of my time right. and where I need to find people to to delegate to or to help me. And um, you know, I and part of that is tricky because like I go on beat Bobby Flay and beat Bobby Flay at a crawfish boil and and then come back and I'm just like, you know what I don't really want to do? Cater crawfish boils for people. <laughs> Could I make right. a lot of money at that? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Sure. You know what I don't actually want to do every day? Cater people's crawfish boils. <laughs> well, and it's, it, it goes back to what we were saying earlier of truly understanding yourself and what motivates you, what drives you, and really what you have a passion for. A lot of people, they, they, they get into what they, they, they're doing but then they lose themselves. Yeah. You know, and it's being able to constantly find yourself in what you're doing. And if you're able to do that, you stick with it yeah. and keep on trucking. You know, don't go back to what you were doing 
and be like, oh, but I, I, do I enjoy this? this? Still needs to happen. Okay, find somebody else who can do it, like you said. Yeah. How you're delegating, saying no, this these people who do enjoy it, let's put them there. Let's put them in front of it, and let's put them on the front lines while I go and be on the radio. Yep. You know, and it's 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 amazing to see that it's it's possible to do that and to find that balance because that's it's got to be tricky to balance. Oh, it's tricky running a government taco and doing the radio and doing your product line and just doing all these different sorts of things. It, it's it's tricky, but I've got a I've got a really good team that has been a lot of them have been with me for a while, uh, and they they crush it. They they have kind of grown up with it. They have helped me figure those things out. They've helped me set those parameters. They've helped me um, identify what I'm best at and what I need to delegate. And, uh, you know, and, and, and then fortunately I've been, I, I think one of the smartest things that I've been able to do is surround myself with a group of people that are different than I am. And so we have completely different strengths and we have different weaknesses and, they don't want to be on the radio show all day, every day. Right. They're not jealous of me because of what I get to do while they're doing what they have to do. They're good at what they're doing. I'm good at what I'm doing. And we're a better team because of that. Yeah. And, and so that, I think that's a, that's a big part of it is you, you can't just surround yourself by people that are exactly like you. You have to surround yourself by people who have different strengths and, and, and that, that you know kind of thrive off of different environments and then as a team as a collective you can you can all win absolutely and i that's that that's absolutely the case that any successful venture or business or individual or personality needs to find is that team of different people not the same people so we're we're getting towards the end of the show we're starting to wrap up um and i always like to ask what is what are two lessons that you've learned in this process that you're on? Two lessons. I feel like we've gone through a lot so far. <laughs> um, Maybe two we didn't touch on. Yeah. Or just reiterate them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think number one, and it's always a, a, a big one for me, is just don't don't take it too seriously. We did mention earlier, like, if you're not having fun, you know, and, and I... I have for a long time had a motto of like, it, if it's if it's not fun, it's not worth doing. Right. Like, it, it, what are you doing with your life? What are you doing with yourself? If you're not if you're not having fun doing what you're doing, find something else to do. And I know for some people that can be a little bit trickier. And I know, I mean, I I have fortunately, unfortunately, I, I I'm not at a point in my life where I have other people to be responsible for. I've been able to just do my own thing without right. like as long as I'm good, then I'm good. I haven't had to work to support a family or to do things like that. And you know, but but some people that's the most important thing in their life and I you know, I'm jealous of that sometimes. But still, I feel like at least for me and my personality type and what I'm doing to be successful I have to be having fun. Absolutely. And I and I have to wake up every day ready to enjoy what I'm about to do. Otherwise I would find something else to do. Yeah. You 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 would seek out something that did make you happy. Yeah. If you weren't happy doing what you're doing all day. Yeah. And and then I think I think a part of that and I, I was kind of starting with like don't take yourself too seriously. I, I think that's part of it as well is it just don't. Like it's not 
all all of this stuff that we that we've talked about for the last hour hour and a half whatever it's been it <laughs> is important to me right it's important in that it's what i do every day it's yeah. it, it it holds a special place in in my heart or in my day-to-day activities but still like i don't need to take it so seriously that that i would truly be offended by somebody not listening to my radio show or thinking I'm a moron because I'm talking about French fries for 45 minutes or like, I just, and no matter what your line of work is or no matter what it is that you do, don't take it so seriously that you can't respect your, your neighbor or your, your fellow human being or your somebody else here in the city that are all trying to make the, make the world or just our community a better place. I mean, I think, I think a lot of times people these days feel like, feel like there's, there's only one right way to do something and that's just not true. And I, I feel like people think that if it's, you know, it's their way or the highway or like, if you're just, if you're not doing it this way, you're wrong or, you know, everything's just black and white or whatever the case is. And, I, I just I feel like the right answer usually is compassion and is looking at things through other lenses and being able to um, experience other people's points of view and and if you can do that if we can all do that then I think as a community we're that much stronger. Hundred percent. It's it's not being. I'm right, you're wrong. It's being, hey, I have opinion A, you have opinion B. Let's see how we can come together and really make those opinions either mesh or if they just butt heads, let's figure out why and let's let's come to a resolution. Yeah. You know, we're we're all we're we, we all live in the in the same community. We all have to abide by the same traffic laws. We drive on the same roads. You don't drive on a different road than I do. Right. We all use the same stuff. Let's figure out a way that we can all use the same stuff together better. Yep. And that's I'm, – I'm right there with you on the black and the white, and there's so much room left in the gray that we don't talk about. I try, I try to live in the gray. <laughs> As an accountant, there it's, is a black and a white. Yeah, I cannot uh, live in the gray. <laughs> I mean, there are things that are right or wrong. Like, right, right, right. Like if I'm sitting behind you on an airplane, don't recline the seat. That's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. All right? It's the, that's wrong. <laughs> Now I'm not gonna punch the seat back in front of me, but, but you will that, get a death glare. That would also be wrong. It <laughs> right, would also be right. wrong for me to repeatedly punch the seat in front of me because they recline. But I should tap them on the shoulder and say, "Like you are." Actually, I don't even have to do that. If somebody in front of me reclines in an airplane, I give an audible "Ah!" because they just crushed my kneecaps. Right. Well, you're 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 taller yeah, than I am, I'm so I, I can understand. Six three, three fifty. I mean, I, yeah. I I don't fit on a plane to begin with. Right. Just yeah. on a on a short domestic flight, if you're gonna recline your seat, just look at the person behind you and see if you actually can. Please. And I, I would fit better in most plane seats if I reclined, but I refuse to recline because I understand the burden that I'm then putting on somebody behind me. It's really about understanding what you're doing to your fellow passenger. And if we just all went through life trying to have to, instead of first thinking about ourselves, we thought about how are you putting a burden on somebody else? 
you know that it would just make everything better. And that, that's it. How does how does my action affect the next person in the yeah. line? And whether that's you like changing lanes without signaling or oh, don't even get me started on turn signals. Yeah, I don't, mean it's right. No. Well, if if people didn't think about too many people, <laughs> this is a, a tangent. This is this is good though. <laughs> Let, let's go. To, to, too many people think that a turn signal helps them turn. It doesn't. No, it. you can turn without a turn signal. It's not helping you turn your car. The turn signal is to alert other people that you may be changing lanes or right. you may be turning, and it's a courtesy to them. Yes. So don't look at the turn signal as something for your own benefit. You have to look at it as a courtesy to your fellow surrounding drivers and give them the common courtesy of putting on your turn signal when it matters. Preach. Preach. If, if, it's if, not that hard. If, but you, but you do you. have to be thinking about, would that person like to know if I'm getting over or not? Yes, they would. Okay, let me put my signal on for them. It's not for you. It's for them. The, the, it doesn't blink in the front and the back for you. It blinks on the <laughs> dash for you, but it blinks in the front and the black for in the back for other people. Right. And you, So you've, you, you're at my house now, and you've seen the type of truck that I drive. Yes, yes. People will cut me off, and I will get right up on them and let them know they didn't use a turn signal. Yeah. Now, if you use a turn, as soon as you turn your turn signal on and you're in front of me on the left or right-hand side, I'm breaking. I'm going to let you yeah, over. Sure. The second, you, the second you don't, your <laughs> Mazda will fit under my truck real fast. <laughs> it's, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm sorry. Just give, give the courtesy. And it, in, in Baton Rouge, we can have a whole podcast episode on the drivers. Oh, yeah. And the, we're going to avoid that. That's fine. That's fine. But we'll avoid that topic. Generally speaking, the point is whether it's on an airplane or using a turn signal or or eating at a restaurant. Right. Just like put some thought into like what other people might be going through or yeah. how how you can actually whether it's get out of their way or just make their life a little bit better or or just you don't need to be the annoyance in their life. Right. You you don't – I don't know. If you come up behind me and you speed around me and you use your turn signals and I, I get – if I was to get mad, I don't know what's happening in your life. But right. You, you, for whatever reason, need to speed around me. I don't know if you're late for an interview. I don't know if you're just in a hurry to get somewhere. I don't know if you're trying to get to the last few minutes of a loved one's life. Right. I, I don't – These I things can happen. don't know. I have no idea as to the reason that you did that. All I know is, look, he did that for a reason. I'm not going to be a burden or a restriction in their life that prevents them from doing whatever it is they need to do. It's clearly important. That that's like for for me. If somebody if somebody's going to throw like some hate or some shame on me, I'm like, look, you've got far worse stuff happening in your life. We're good. We're, don't even worry about it. If you you come out and you come out two weeks later, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, but it doesn't matter, man. Right. You had something on your chest in your life that you had to get off, and I was your vessel. I'm cool with it. Right. Now that doesn't that doesn't mean I enjoy a lot of people coming at me and attacking me. <laughs> <laughs> but if the right if the right place and the right time, that's it, it needs to happen. I'm cool with it. So to to finish the show, because if not, we'll we'll, we'll we can go for a while. Forever. Right. Right. Um. What is something it's it's funny we just had this conversation about this. What is what is something I can do to help you? And this is a genuine question I ask on every show. 
Um, so, you know, not, not entirely knowing your world or, or what you're doing, but I, I feel like, I feel like one of the ways that we can all connect and that you've already done so to a large degree. And I appreciate it, um, is, is social media connections. And, right. um, you know, I, I think those of us who are doing radio shows and podcasts and creating this kind of content, uh, that's got a, a very strong community feel in Baton Rouge. I, I think the more that we can network together and and support each other, um, you know, the better it is for everybody. I think I think people that would listen to my show would be interested in your podcast. I think a lot of people that are listening to your podcast would be interested in my show. Oh, absolutely, forty five minutes on fries, guys. Come on. And so, um, just as 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 far as you helping me, I think you having me on your podcast is a big part of it. You could help me by being a guest on my radio show at some point. Uh, I'm in. And uh, and then I, I kind of started that with social media. I, I think I think that's a big part of it. Just just the the simple commenting on each other's streams uh, and and you know uh, watching a, a Facebook live and leaving a comment, giving a share, uh, anything like that. It helps a lot. You know, yes. I think in in this world uh, that we live in today, it, it's so much of, especially on a local level, is just about about helping spread the word and sharing and tagging and commenting and liking people's content that are doing cool local stuff. So, and that's that that that's in all honesty why I started the podcast was to give. I mean. For people that are starting a business or they're doing things in Baton Rouge, they may not have the platform that a podcast presents. They may want to, but they don't because of whatever reason. Sure. You know, and it's I wanted to start the show to highlight those people doing great things in the Baton Rouge area. And I can list nineteen different people who have been guests on the show of the amazing stuff they're doing in Baton Rouge. And it's just, hey, guys, when you graduate or you go into a new business venture, you don't have to go anywhere else. Baton Rouge has an amazing ecosystem that embraces newness. We, we want stuff to do. We want to find stuff to go do on a weekday, a weekend. And I just want to highlight that and capture it. Yeah. So I, like it. I, I, I love what you're doing and I love where you're going. And if I, I look forward to being whatever smidgen of a part I can be within that journey. So thank you, uh, Jay, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Patrick. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And for everybody listening or watching, thank you so very much for spending however long it's been listening or watching us. I greatly appreciate the time that you're taking out of your very busy day to give the Patty G Show some love. And if you do love the show or you hate the show, let me know why. I, I would love comments. I would love some, some scri- subscriptions. Share the show. Share the page. Go check out Jada Cody. Go check out 107.3 Talk Radio. They're doing amazing things in Baton Rouge that you can enjoy and you can benefit from. Go check them all out. And thank you for being a part of this show. And I'm Patty G, your host, here with Jada Cody from Talk 107.3, the Jada Cody Show, 4 to 6 p.m., Monday through Friday. Check it out. Be there. Tune in. Thank you all so much for tuning in.